announced now two weeks ago by the federal government and the Minister for Climate Change, Chris Bowen, is the new fuel efficiency standards set to be launched 1 January 2025. Some research has been conducted by S&P Global estimating that the premium consumers will be paying by 2030 for an electric vehicle the equivalent of an internal combustion engine model across different car segments. Now, Australia's most popular car sold around the nation last year was the Ford Ranger. The Ford Ranger. When these emission standards come into place, you'd be paying an additional $6,150 for a Ford Ranger, according to estimates compiled by the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries. Tony Weber can tell you more. He's the CEO of the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries. G'day, Tony. Uh, Good afternoon. We love our SUVs. As you know, in Western Australia, we love our four-wheel drives, and this is going to become very, very expensive. Absolutely. Uh, If you are buying a SUV next year or a ute and it doesn't hit the target, you are going to be in front of a penalty of a substantial magnitude. And the number you gave for the Ranger of $6,150 is correct. But if you look at something like a Mazda CX-5, it could be $4,460 next year. And that grows out to 2029 to $12,760 for the same vehicle. And a Toyota Land Cruiser could be about $13,000 more, Tony? Land Cruiser next year is just a touch over 13, and by 2029, if it has the same drivetrain as it sold today, we're looking at over $25,000 more. $25,000 more, unless there's going to be a, a different version, a hybrid sort of version introduced, Tony, which we don't know about yet. No, that's right. And, and even if there is a hybrid, that doesn't guarantee it will get over such a strict target. So you might have to pay the extra for the technology to go on the hybrid plus pay a penalty on top of it. So that's a double whammy there as well. It is. So how's that calculated, Tony? So that's calculated on what the CO2 is actually produced from the car today and what that car needs to meet in terms of the CO2 in each of the years. And for every gram you miss, you pay $100. So it's a pretty easy calculation to do. And something like a Suzu, Tony, from my knowledge, they don't have any plans at the moment to bring in a a hybrid version or an electric vehicle version. Might they just pack up and leave Australia? Well, I don't want to talk about specific brands, but listen, that's a real possibility for brands here. You're talking about trying to, to, you know, it's like saying to me, Tony, run the 100 metres in 10 seconds. Some of us just ain't going to do it. And I tell you what, Oliver, I'm one of those. Yeah, you and me both, Tony. Give me 20 and I might make it if I'm lucky. Yeah, well, I might follow behind you. (laughs) The the, the target... You know, industry and your good selves there at the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries, you are supportive of the fuel efficiency standards, but not in the time frame that's been set by the federal government. Yeah, absolutely. We've been asking for this for multiple governments. And this government says this is like the US system. Let me tell you a few differences between the US system. 
The US is them, they subsidise domestic production, which we don't have, under the Inflation Reduction Act, and that is billions of dollars annually. Number two, the brands over there are making big losses, and this is in the public domain about how much they're losing. And then when you buy a car in the US, the federal government puts in 7,500 US, and last year the state of California, if you bought it there, put 7,500 to put that into perspective, that's 23,000 Australian dollars that were provided last year. We've got none of that, and we've got huge ambition of 60% reduction in just five years. Yeah, it's it's just too ambitious, Tony. That, that's that's ultimately the issue with what the government's trying to do. If they what gave you 10 years or 15 years, then there might be an opportunity to meet these targets. Absolutely. It's just ambition beyond belief. And I just don't understand. They talk about savings in terms of fuel, Mm. but we all know anyone who's got a car knows you've got to buy the thing, you've got to put the fuel in it, so good, we're saving on the fuel, you've got to insure it, that's expensive. There's depreciation. And most cars are going to be more expensive and more expensive the total cost of ownership. Just the fuel price, that's only one element. John says, can you explain how these fines for vehicles are going to actually help the environment? If we pay the fine, then will the environment be saved as a result of paying the fine, Tony? Well, I'm sorry, John, you've snookered me there. I don't understand either because it's not (laughs) going to make any difference to the environment. So you need someone a lot brighter than me on. So, Tony, is there another option? Is there another way? Is there an opportunity for the government to have a little bit of wriggle room and consult with industry so that there there could be an alternative here? Well, it's interesting you say that because we've been talking about the US. So there was a report over the weekend in the New York Times and the US are thinking about reducing the ambition of their scheme out to 2030. And what that'll do is, in layman's terms, is mean gives you more time as the, the brands to develop the technology, put it into place, make sure it works, and then sell it to people. So it puts a lot of emphasis on the brands to get it right by 2030, but you've got a bit of lead time. And that's what we should think about doing here. Chris Bowen has said, it's not a restriction on what Australians can buy. You can still buy a ute, an SUV, whatever you like. The international evidence is that it does not have an impact on price. I think in New Zealand, it's put up the prices by, on average, about $7,000 a motor vehicle, Tony. I've seen those reports, and I've also talking to the expert in the US tomorrow, and she tells me when I spoke to her briefly last week that prices of car in the US have gone up substantially more than inflation since they first started this way back in 2012. So I don't quite understand how both comments can be correct. We will continue to follow this with great interest. Tony, I appreciate your time. Thank you very much. My pleasure. He's the CEO at the Federal Chamber of Automotive Industries and going through and applying this to some of the most popular motor vehicles here in Australia, Ford Ranger would add over $6,000, Toyota Hilux, $2,500, the Isuzu Ute, the D-Max, $2,000, RAV4 Toyota, not the hybrid version, but the RAV4 Toyota, two and a half grand, but the Tesla Model Y, could be paying about $15,000 less. And then you get to the Toyota Land Cruiser, $13,000 on these calculations. I and mean, how's that?